Today in both the Gospel and in our first reading from the prophet Jeremiah, we hear about fear. Jesus here in the Gospel is first and foremost talking about the fear of being one of his disciples or being more than a disciple, being an apostle, being an evangelist of the Gospel in word and deed. And he knows that his followers are going to be frightened of that, just as most of you are frightened to, to pray in a restaurant. Super simple thing, no repercussions whatsoever. You have to ask yourself, why I'm afraid to do that. Or it's a family gathering, Thanksgiving, a bunch of people are over, yet nobody says a prayer before the meal. Why? Well, because you're afraid. You're afraid of whatever. Afraid that somebody, well, whatever, you're just afraid. We're afraid to be Christians and to really put it out there and to, to go out there and evangelize and to stand our ground on moral matters, etc., we just prefer to keep our head down and be quiet. And so this is what Jesus is specifically speaking to the twelve when he begins by says, Jesus said to the twelve, specifically talking about this, the fear that you'll have at evangelizing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. By extension, though, one could say, well, okay, but there's, in, there's something in here, too, that's just about fear in general, where Jesus says, listen... In the end, it doesn't really matter what people think of you or even what becomes of your body on earth. What matters is whether or not you'll go to heaven and getting others to heaven. And he says, don't be afraid of people. Rather, be afraid of what what can destroy both soul and body in Gehenna, Jesus' favorite word for hell. So here he's saying, at the end of the day, if you are aligned with God, with me, and you're in my favor, you really have nothing to fear. Certainly not in the long run, nothing to fear. If you knew you were going to heaven, then you wouldn't be worried about what the people in the restaurant think about you. That is to say, if you truly understood what awaited you in the kingdom of heaven. But alas, our faith is weak and small, and so we fear the most ridiculous, stupid things. And it's just cowardice. Cowardice is one of the vices, Courage is one of the virtues, and courage might be the hardest of the virtues. Taking this a step further, though, and it gets to words spoken. Words spoken are this. Jesus says, Nothing is concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. All secrets will be known. What I say to you in the darkness, speak in the light, what you hear whispered proclaim on the housetops. So here it's words, it's these words. You know, there's nothing that's spoken between people that God isn't going to know about. There's not even thoughts in the mind that God doesn't know about. In the end, there are no secrets with God. There are with us, but there isn't with God. And I would say this, that in the end, our secrets aren't secret after all. When we stand before the Lord and we see all of the evil secrets that we've participated in, Another way of saying that, all the evil things we've spoken about another revealed to us. With the kind of pain and the kind of self-searching examination that we would experience if we had said those very words to the person that we spoke ill of. This is in our first reading too. This is the prophet Jeremiah. The prophet Jeremiah is saying, we're hearing these words. Jeremiah said, I hear the whisperings of many, terror on every side, denounce, let us denounce him. 
All those who were my friends are on the watch for any misstep of mine. So it's through words that this damage to other people is happening or could happen. And we're frightened of that. We're frightened of what other people think of us and then what they might say about what they think about us to another. But here's the thing. If we're faithful to Christ, people will denounce us. They denounced Jeremiah. They denounced all the prophets. They denounced the apostles. And ten of them died as martyrs. They denounced Jesus and they murdered him. If we're going to be faithful to Jesus, of course we will be denounced. Of course people will murmur about us. Of course there will be people who slander us. Of course. Do you think that we can have it both ways? I can be a true disciple of Jesus Christ and no one's going to slander me? That's ludicrous. Both the Old Testament and the New Testament make clear that that's simply impossible. It certainly, I mean, God had the power to make that possible for himself and Jesus, but he didn't. And he hasn't for anyone. 10,000 canonized saints read their lives and they're all maligned sooner or later. But what I want to get to this is this. While we're not responsible for what others say about us, we are responsible for what we say about others. And I think that we speak too freely about other people. I think that I do. And I'm ashamed of myself that I do. And usually it's not speaking poorly of people that we think are not our peers and are beneath us, etc. It's that we speak poorly of our peers or people that we think are above us in some way. The lesser ones, it's like, well, I don't really care about you. I don't need to say bad things about you. But you, my peers, or you, the superiors, are the ones with authority and power. And we live in a world in which it's just public, in which people just say the, the most outlandish things. And, you know, the screens, the TV screens, the smartphone screens, the computer screens, and all of the internet, and all of the cable news, and all of that, uh, we just speak freely about others as if they're utter villains. And sometimes people are villains, but they're, they're just villains because they support something really, truly evil. And the idea is there is to say that, that you support something incredibly evil. And that evil does an incredible amount of damage. And in the end, you'll stand before Jesus Christ and account for it. But in our own turn, in our own way, you know, think of all the different times and ways in which one might speak of a family member. One might speak of their spouse, about their spouse, to a friend. You know, sort of this thing about their spouse that they don't like that doesn't need to be said. Or speaking about a sibling, a brother or a sister, or speaking about our parents, and things that we don't have to share. Speaking about co-workers um, or bosses or employees. Or speaking about politicians or people in the church. We just have to be very careful with what we've said. And this is, this is the vision that I have of that. Is, you, know, you know, at the end of your, our life when we stand before Jesus. We stand before Jesus and we see all truth about ourselves. All the good. Hopefully there's a lot of good there. And all the bad. And the pain that we feel with the bad is the pain that would be associated with it, or the evil, the pain that would be associated with it if it was applied to the person connected to it. And then we feel it. 
So let's say you're a little kid on the playground and you push another little kid down and you laugh at the kid. <laughs> and then now we stand, you know, 70 years later before the Lord. And we feel exactly what that kid felt. And then we feel awful. The same thing over and over again with our words. That I sense that whatever we say about others that's evil, that wasn't necessary, when we stand before the Lord, we're going to feel what those words meant as if that person was there. There was one time in my life that just, man, it just seared in my mind like crazy because it was the most ridiculous, ridiculous moment in my life of being caught speaking ill of another. I was in seventh grade and I was learning to speak to gossip and to, to speak ill of other people. I don't know that I was really doing that in the innocence of my grade school days, but something about seventh grade was like this, you know, basically a, a time in which you dive into the vices. And I remember just slandering this one girl. And I was talking to this other kid at my locker, and the locker door was open here, and I was talking to this other kid like this, and I closed the door, and she was standing right there. She heard everything I heard. And I had no defense. I couldn't even mumble, I'm sorry. I was just so speechless. And she turned and went away, and, and whatever. And I don't know that I apologized to her. I don't know that my 13-year-old self could do it. I just avoided her basically forever. That was, I don't ever remember talking to her again or having a conversation with her again. That, that was the, the fruit of that moment of slander. But man, I remember how I felt. I felt horrible. I just felt, again, speechless. I felt like I was drowning in water. And for her, you know, oh, I just cut her heart up. But I just have to think that whatever we say about other people, it's going, to, it's going to be replayed for us. And not only what we said, but how it felt to the other if they were to have found out. And then we're going to wrestle with that in the next life. And hopefully, hopefully, in this life, with what's left of this life, through our prayer and our charity and our love, our virtues, penances that we do, we might be able to heal some of the damage that our words have caused. Maybe even heal some of the damage that other people's words have caused. And to really lean into that, into these words, because words are huge. God created light and, and the universe and angels and us with words. Let there be. Words are super powerful. So be careful of our words. And again, I think it's probably a lifelong thing that we have to think about and work on through our life, to be careful with our words. And where we see where we've spoken out of turn, to maybe do some penance for it, if it would be appropriate to apologize for that, where that's not really appropriate or it's not possible, to do a penance for it. And then to hope that in some way, in some way the Lord in His grace would heal the pain that our words have caused. And then ultimately we deem it. And I'll finish with this. That our words can do a terrific amount of good too. 
that you think of maybe spreading butter on a slice of bread. You know, if one slice of bread is all the wicked and terrible things we've ever said about other people, all the gossip, which was really just slander. And think of another piece of bread that's good butter being spread over it, just to heal, just to heal. To use our words, to use our words to truly bring light and life to people. Because I think that pretty much everybody is insecure. As much as the Lord would say, stop being afraid, I think everyone is in their own way. Very insecure. So use your words for good. Use your words for good. And where your words have hurt, where they have been evil, spoken in the dark, then maybe apply some penance to it to bring about some kind of grace-filled healing or good in whatever way God will use it. And then to trust, and then to trust that in the end, that in the end, God and God alone can bring healing to a world that's very fallen and very broken and to words that should never have been uttered.